but it could be anything. If you've got your own site, you want to set up an email list and learn email marketing. And uh, it's the original and best internet marketing and uh, continues to work. Don't let anybody say to you that it doesn't. Everybody was uh, like <laughs> a year, two, three years ago. Hey folks, this is Michael Vizi from Amazing FBA Podcast for Amazon Sellers. I'd like to introduce an episode from our sister podcast, The E-Commerce Leader, which has got a slightly broader remit for all e-commerce sellers. In this deep dive episode, Jason Miles and I deep dive into a key e-commerce topic. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, part of the amazing FBA podcast family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Mr. Jason Miles, how are you, sir? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. Yeah, still resisting the urge after 400 episodes to say welcome to Amazing FBA, but it's fantastic to be welcome to the e-commerce leader, which is very Wrong show. There you yeah, go. Right absolutely. show. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm very excited about our episodes here because I know you just know loads and loads of stuff and um, very excited particularly to talk about this Nine Mountains episode. So we're talking about, tra- you mentioned this traffic yeah. framework for the Nine Mountains. Sounds very mysterious. So what is that all about? <laughs> yeah, I know, all right. Yeah, I think the, the topic of traffic is top of mind for so many online sellers. It's just, it's one of the you know first things that comes to people's mind as soon as they think about selling online. And uh, I started blogging about um, Pinterest in 2011. And uh, it turned into a book deal with McGraw-Hill. And through that exercise, uh, what my blog was about how Pinterest had revolutionized our business. And I was just, it was it's called Marketing on Pinterest. You can still go check it out. It's ugly blog at this point and old. But, but in that discovery process, I was just on my own kind of journey of discovery of traffic and how it worked. And I, through that process, I started to really ask the hard questions of where does traffic come from online? Like, who pushes traffic around? Where, what are the sources of traffic? And so it was probably over the course of two or three years, I wrote books with McGraw-Hill, Pinterest Power, YouTube Marketing Power, and, and Instagram Power. And, and, um, and in that process, I started to just organize the types and sources of traffic. And, and that list has, has turned into what we call in our coaching practice, the Nine Mountains Framework. It's basically the, in my view, there are only nine sources of traffic when you really categorize things as a framework and those, and these nine mountains, I'm happy to share each of the nine. It's not a secret or anything. It's just a framework for organizing uh, the content. And most people don't think about it this way. Most, most internet users don't think who is pushing traffic to whom, who's the recipient, who's the sender. And, but as a marketer, it's critically important. And um, so anyway, so that's the gist of it all. Yeah. No, it is absolutely critically important. And I love that it's not a secret. I was just very tempted to say, and if you want to find out what they are, sign up for our webinar at uh, <laughs> ecommerceleader.com forward slash big secret.com. <laughs> but no, it's not a secret. So yeah, I, I think it's certainly interesting. Uh, a lot of people think about particular channels a great deal. Facebook comes very fashionable. Pinterest, uh-huh. I think mm-hmm. it's, you know, still actually it's interesting. Sure. It was 2011, but for e-commerce and Pinterest is a well-kept secret. I, think. I know somebody who's doing Ashley Pierce of Future State Media. Just give a shout out mm-hmm. to him. He's doing some great stuff with Pinterest for Amazon. But let's get to the chase. Then. So you've got nine mountains. We better yeah. tell people what they are. What are they? They get yeah. typing the list. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me walk through them and explain the, the concept. And then people will always say, what about this? What about that? And I'm happy to explain, this is my framework. If somebody tells me there's a 10th mountain that I haven't thought of, man, I'll be thrilled. But generally, as I batted this around with people, I think I kind of categorize things properly uh, into these nine sources. And some of them bleed over and touch each other a little bit in different ways. But let's go through them. The first one is email marketing is the original and best marketing, in my opinion, that you can do on the internet. It worked 25 years ago in like 1994. It works today. And so that's the first source of large, vast amounts of, of traffic. Second one is organic search. Of course, that's dominated by Google, uh, but the Microsoft properties have their own search tools as well. And there's, there's other search product out there, DuckGo and, and different tools that are trying to make their way in the world. And uh, But that's a huge, huge area of traffic sending. Of course, we all think about Google and we've all been on these journeys where if I can get ranked number one in Google organic search result page, I'll be made. So that's the second one. The third one is one I coined this phrase that I use. Uh, called branded browsing. And that is just simply direct typing of the URL into the browser bar. Many customers don't, they don't search for wholefoods.com through Google. They just type it straight into the browser when they want to go to that website. And so I refer that to that as branded browsing. You you won't, you know, hear that phrase used on online anywhere else, I don't think, unless it becomes yeah. popular. But um, that's just, way, yeah. That- I was just going to say, uh, sorry to stop you, that shows the importance of getting whatever the hell your brand is, .com, because it's yeah, an actual right. assumption. If you've got .e or .biz, .uk or some weird, you're, what do you call it, top-level domain, yeah. you're in super trouble because that won't work. Yeah, yeah just a small that's point. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so it ties right into branding. And But nonetheless, so that's the third one. The fourth one is organic social. So organic social, of course, and my original blogging was about Pinterest and um and then, of course, Facebook came along and just just crushed it. And then the other social media sites that um, allow you to post and can send traffic to your product or your website. And, and I should mention, m- most of this applies to Amazon sellers, eBay sellers, people who are selling on Walmart. There's not uh, necessarily a bifurcation between e-commerce on your own website, the marketplaces, but nonetheless, organic social, organic referral. So organic referral is when you get cited or mentioned in other blogs or articles. If you get an article in the Wall Street Journal uh, online and it links to your Amazon product, you're having a very good day, that kind of approach. So that's organic referral. And there you get into the paid versions of these things. So paid social, of course, it's all top of mind for people, but it's very different uh, than, than organic social. There's paid search, of course. So you, you have the search products that you can pay for through Google and, and other platforms. You've got paid referral where you're, you're giving people money to put you into their articles. Uh, a lot of influencer marketing would fall into that category. If you've got a big shot influencer in your industry, whoever it might be, and uh, you pay them a thousand bucks and they put you in their on their website and in their various places uh, and you get referral traffic, you, you're paying for that. And then the final one, the ninth one is paid display. And paid display was a leader in the early internet, like 1994 to 1999 kind of thing. Elon Musk made his first fortune in making a display network. And it lost favor, lost its way a little bit. But the big resurgence in the last few years of uh, paid display is retargeting ads is a, is a paid display strategy. So those are the nine. That's, not, that's nine sources. And I'm pretty sure when you just you think about anything in terms of traffic online, they'll fall into this. The only, the only caveat I'll just say is email marketing I've extended now recently to say broadcast. I, I include things like Manny Chat. Manny Chat's a weird 
uh, thing between somehow between uh, Facebook and email marketing. I call it broadcast media. But anyway, so that's the list. No secrets. Yeah, but that, that man, that's a great call to action to go to the webinar lost there. But what I would say, by the way, uh, is if you want to get, um, I'm typing away here. So if you want to get the fruits of my labors, um, oh, sure. sometimes seeing stuff in writing, www.ecommerceleader.com forward slash traffic, all of our to come many episodes all about traffic are going to be there. Yeah. So I can't resist putting a call to action in there, but it's free, not a paid webinar. So yeah, to coming yeah. back to the nine mountains, what I really like about this, Jason, and the way you think is really cool. I know you've got an MBA and you've worked in corporate and you've also uh, done the scrappy entrepreneur thing. And it's an interesting way of looking at life because you tend to think in big categories and put little things like, and you know, a little thing, Pinterest, which is huge in itself, right. within categories. And that's really cool because otherwise what I think can be very big danger is that you get very channel fixated. And I've seen this. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. look, and a quotes Amazon seller, that's a channel fixation itself. It's even more dangerous because it's not just a traffic channel. It's also mm-hmm. a, an everything channel of sales and fulfillment. But let me just say, so, yeah. would, do you think that most Amazon sellers, when they're starting on Amazon, realize that it's a traffic strategy? No, that's I in, don't. Embedded I don't, in it, isn't they it? They do. Exactly. It's embedded. No, I think yeah. oh, you're quite right. It's like the fish don't see the sea when they're swimming in it because it's so damn big. You, you just yeah. think, yeah, it's just everything. And uh, of course, because most people don't, I mean, I was the same. I came from a music background and I've always had a great interest in internet marketing and taken a lot of courses and done various things over the years. And I've always been interested in economics, but I nevertheless, I saw Amazon as just a thing in itself. And I was pitched yeah. into private labeling on Amazon, a very specific model on a very specific channel, but yeah. which yeah. did everything. So you can't see the wood for the trees until you... Mm-hmm. You, you go through a few rough patches and realize mm-hmm. that you have to see bigger, which is one of, I hope, the services that we provide the community yeah. of e-commerce sellers in general out there. For those who are very Amazon-centered, I want them mm-hmm. to see it for what it is. And yes, it's a traffic place. It's yeah. a sales mechanism. It's, it's fulfillment. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Yeah, please. Um, no, okay. Yeah. I was just going to say, have you heard of the Dot Dash site or the Spruce? I have never that- heard of the spruce. <laughs> the spruce. What is the spruce? The spruce. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a little story that set the set the, the context for this. We have a, a coaching client that I think they'll probably do close to, you know, five million dollars plus this year on Amazon. And then our work is to help them get their other channels set up, Shopify, etc., and sc- really scale beyond. And when we dug into when we were first meeting with them, we really were just mesmerized by their story. Like, man, five million, and they're relatively new to the category. Into the industry, a three three year old company. Let me say it this way: they, they've been in the industry for a long time, but they're new to e commerce and into a product sale. And um, so we started to explore with them: well, How did you do this? What what's happening that's making this work? And one of the things they mentioned is that they're they're quite a good number of top level blog articles that are listicles, basically product type focused blogs that link to their Amazon product. And then when they said that, I was like, oh, there you go. So if you're not familiar with the Spruce and Spruce Crafts, there's a company that you probably were familiar with about. Vaguely. Yeah. And yeah, so it was a thing for a long time. And in 2017, it was a failing thing, declining thing. And they revamped, relaunched, um, and they turned themselves into a basically a network of websites and their value proposition originally was that they had like a million articles all about different topics and what they did over the last five years or so was they've really focused on what they call these authority articles and if you look for any search term on uh, google 
one of the things you'll commonly see at the top of the search results now, and in just the last couple of years, is the Spruce or Spruce Crafts, or you'll see other properties that are owned by this company. It's now called Dot Dash. And these, these guys know what they're doing in terms of Google organic search algorithm. And they create these authority articles. So let's just say, I'll just pick a, a category totally off topic. But let's just say they'll uh, pick a category like uh, veterinary supplies. And they'll have an authority article, the top 50 veterinary supplies every vet is using that you never heard of or some random like clickbait article title. But these, these articles massively trafficked by Google, they just they just know how to install them as the number one search result for these keywords. And these guys are data-driven science type focused people. And so anyway, so back to the client. So when we discovered that, of course, what we looked at was the keywords related to their industry, their category are dominated by the spruce and uh, these, the site. And they're the number one link mentioned in these several of these articles. And it goes to their Amazon site, uh, their Amazon product. And so they've gotten massive organic search that's actually feeding their sales velocity and their outcomes on Amazon. And to the newbie Amazon seller, you don't know what's happening. You have no idea. You, you don't know there was that, that kind of basic blessing fell into your lap until you start to research it. So anyway, so that's dot, dot dash company. Go check it out. Go research it. It's a fascinating story. And they are eating the internet. In fact, there are articles about them that are titled, they're eating the internet or whatever. So that's, that's something to really understand, regardless of whether you're on Amazon or eBay or any of the platforms or your own website. So what are the lessons that we should take from this then? Let's go yeah, the, the humble Amazon seller for the moment. I know you're yeah. a Shopify fan person, but yeah. um, first of all, just to understand what you're saying is going on is broadly speaking, there's a sort of network of high authority sites that they're creating content that's going to rank really well on, on, on Google yeah. by the sound of it for quite commercially, so low funnel commercial words that people can actually click and buy at some yeah. point. So what should we take from this? Was Were these guys the spruce, your clients? Were your clients? Uh, no, your clients aren't the spruce, are they? Or are they the spruce? I'm getting No. Uh -uh. So the spruce is the same as dot .dash, right? Correct. It's a, okay. a sub-brand. Um, and and yeah. that's a sub-brand, and that's the new version the of About.com. Yeah. Got yeah. you. So your clients, did they consciously engineer this, or was this no. just luck? It was a okay. total blessing. Okay. It was total luck. So my question is, can we reverse engineer their, their, engineer yeah. their luck into a strategy? And by the way, this sounds like a specific podcast to me, because that that's going to be an episode all about maybe a very specific yeah. version of, of, um, mm -hmm. of you know Google. Okay, great. Yeah. And that's a date. Let's do that. We'll just tease that here because that yeah. just feels like um, we were, were on a mission to, to look about these nine mountains of traffic, yeah. big picture, well, and then well, let me just to drive in. But go. Let me just answer briefly the the question that you're asking. Can you reverse engineer this? Is yes. the is the mountaineer's question? Let's play with the <laughs> metaphor a little bit. the The question is: Can you go to that mountain and can you fix the plumbing so that you get massive traffic from that mountain? And so that that's a great question. And the first thing to do is you got to know the lay of the land. You got to know what are these mountains and, and organic referral and organic search were the two elements of what the spruce does there technically those, that client is getting organic referral traffic to their amazon listing from an article in the spruce and the spruce isn't getting it ranked in organic search so you just have to learn this stuff before you can start to say how can i profit from it how can i benefit from it and, and then that goes down to a rabbit hole of many tactics and strategies you know for every one of the mountains there's 25 
tactics or whatever. That's how they'll look at it. So I guess it's a bit like what we're saying is, okay, that mountain is Everest and and the face of the Eiger is the thing that we're looking at. Okay. But so the general lesson from this reverse engineering, know the lay of the land, know what the elements are. And then I guess we we should definitely dig into that one. But I think we should leave that hanging because otherwise we're going to have an episode all about amazing result listen we all want what you just said that's a juicy nugget but we're going to leave that one there okay um have you seen other um amazon sellers using external traffic for their listings that is the other question that i guess that's a good question yeah and the first thing that comes to my mind is everybody using ams of course is using paid they're really using a paid what would it be called paid what do you category ams as in my nine mountains is it paid search or is it pay it's paid something it's paid display, technically. So, yeah, I was going to say, these days on Amazon's, um, you know, got quite a few options that are suddenly yeah, available on yeah. Seller Central that used to be only available on Vendor Central, mm-hmm. which was for people who are foolish enough to sell directly to Amazon. Amazon is yeah. not a good client. Guys, do not right, sell right. to Amazon. <laughs> I know so few people. I don't think I know anyone who's happy with them. But anyway, yeah, so I would say paid search. I guess you mean paid to to rank in search results. Mm-hmm. I would say that's yeah. the product. Um, yeah classic Amazon sponsored product ads and then paid display is the new thing which I I did an interview about recently and actually there's a lot coming out very swiftly from Amazon you can do video paid display ads now so you go almost like the Facebook kind Mm -hmm. of thing that it's it's a blend between you could still call it paid search though because it's really in response to a search term paid search I guess so I would say there's a bifurcation between on platform and off platform obviously on Etsy you can do promoted listings on Etsy on eBay you can do promoted uh, listings on Amazon of course you got the whole AMS platform to play with but then beyond that of course you've got all of the external off marketplace strategies as well of course and so you know I think the question and I like to say this to everybody this can be super overwhelming and so we must channel our inner Bruce Lee and really think Bruce Lee's famous <laughs> quote. Yeah. Bruce Lee's famous quote. I do not fear the man who knows 10,000 kicks. I fear the man who knows or whatever. I'm, I'm messing up the quote, but, you, but I fear the man who's practiced one kick 10,000 times. And so you don't have to. You don't have to know all the nine mountains or all the tactics to really make a, just a fantastic living. If you're an email marketer, for example, and you just know email marketing, you forget everything else. You make millions with email marketing. If you're super good at uh, organic social and you just crush it because you're an influencer and you know how to do content and all you do is organic social, great. You, you don't have to dabble in, in, in all of these. In fact, most people probably do dabble and don't really go deep into anything enough when they start to get into this stuff. So this is a very interesting question for me because this is about... Um I guess you and I both have a bit of an obsession with strategic thinking, and that's mm. really cool. And I think I'm very happy to be putting that out there into the e-commerce space, because particularly for Amazon sellers, but not only, everyone gets a bit obsessed tactical. with one particular cha- mm. channel. And but yeah, mm. tactical, but even worse, channel tactical obsessed. Right. What's the latest hack on Shopify to right, link right, right. it to your Amazon account? And, and Amazon yeah. sellers do often have Shopify stores. They often, they're not necessarily sure. always a big percentage of the business. We talked about how that can be. Yeah. You work with clients to make it bigger. But I guess the opposite extreme is the overwhelm that comes from looking at the entire mountain range that you've got near you. And I understand that you've got this because Seattle, I looked it up, I I didn't realize that Mount Rainier, that you're this whole mountain range that you were inspired in. It's like the Alps, really, for Europeans. It's it's huge. And I guess if I were looking at that, I'd be going, shoot, where do I start? And I hear the opposite, which is, okay, master one thing. Mm -hmm. But I guess the question is, 
which wh- how do you decide which mountain yeah. you should master that's the question that i'm working towards <laughs> so that's my yeah question. no I, it's a great question and i think the the answer um depends on each individual person in terms of how they would prioritize them and i would give you a few hints one of the things that you'll have to discover very quickly about yourself is whether you enjoy writing or you enjoy video work or photography uh, of those three some people will say i hate writing i just i hate it it's pain to write. Other people say that's my natural communication style. Some people are super comfortable on camera. And what's amazing to me is because I don't like all of us probably I've really just gotten into finding my own YouTube channels that I like and my topics. My I'm gardening is my yeah, kind of big thing. I like to watch gardeners on TV and then avoid going in my own backyard. So anybody else is like that. But exactly. You get into this down this rabbit hole of video watching on YouTube and stuff. And what you realize is there are people who are just comfortable on you on video has nothing to do with their physical appearance or they're not pretty people or necessarily smart or anything. They're just comfortable on video and, and they're good at it. And so that's one of the primary things you'll have to sort out is, are you good at one of those three disciplines? And if the answer is, I hate all three of those things, then you have to decide how you're going to approach the topic of traffic strategies. And maybe it's team building and you have to sort out, how am I going to go after this stuff? So those um, three things were just to capture that. Sorry, is writing, video, and and being on camera. Photography, photography, photography. Okay. So tell, when you say photography, you mean sure. Um, I guess you you mean literally yourself taking photos of products. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like a dumb question. I mean, it's, it's not so hard to do. I mean, I've got an iPhone. I've even got an actual nice single lens reflex yeah. camera, but. I very rarely do the actual product photography. So that's why the question. Yeah. Some people really obsess over photography and they love it. It's a hobbyist type approach. And so obviously with e-commerce selling, you get two core photography skill sets. You get product photography and then you get editorial or lifestyle photography. You know, the, the product out in the wild kind of photography. And these are the core assets that you bring to the party in terms of a traffic strategy, words, video, and, and pictures. I'm pretty sure that's all you get. Maybe you get something else. I don't know. You get talking, podcasting, but... I was about to say that, but I guess that we're on camera right now. And so, yeah, some people are probably comfortable behind a mic, but not on camera. So I would differentiate slightly as a podcaster. But having said that for Mm e-commerce, it's an instant question of can podcasts become more of a thing for e-commerce? It it certainly hasn't been so far. So I guess it's a fair division. Yeah, you you were saying if you don't enjoy any of those things, then I guess there's a kind of implicit full skill, which is... um, Hiring people who love those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What have you seen in, in reality about some examples from your clients or yourself uh, or anybody else that have a success and a failure, let's say? Yeah. We get a lot of people. We work with clients who are successful sellers on the marketplaces and, and frequently they want to build or scale or fix up their Shopify work. I, I think the ones that I've seen that have failed at the branding level in many ways, and the brand is so fragmented, scattered, and, and, uh, disorganized or, or not thoughtful, that it makes it almost impossible to create a traffic strategy that's coherent. And that's a common problem. And, and it's a problem for sometimes Amazon sellers who sometimes, some examples come to my mind, a category of example is people who have created a private label product that's really a thinly thought through brand for Amazon. It's just the name really. And they haven't worried about whether it's legally available or all that kind of stuff. And so there are those people when they want to come off of Amazon have a real problem. And uh, so those are the downsides. On the positive sides, we have clients who just crush it when they know their product sourcing strategy and they've got that nailed down. And then and they all focus on 
a good qual Shopify site is our use case that we bring people through the process for and, and really understand their audience because the first assets we ask them to start thinking on were our free how-to guide or a free ebook type product, info product, but then also blogging content in association with their niche or industry. And, and that triggers a whole set of traffic related opportunities. Once you get good blog content and a few graphics or images associated with those blogs, that can then be posted socially. It can be promoted with paid ads, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It creates content for your email marketing and all those kinds of things. Start to just galvanize around good, solid resource content for your ideal customer. And it doesn't matter what category it's in. It, it's, if you've got a customer and they have a need, you've got, they've got a problem and you're part of the solution, then you just think through holistically, how can you add to that through writing, through videos, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. How do we go from here? Mind blown. Yeah. Are, I mean, overwhelmed? Yeah, okay. Are you being overwhelmed? <laughs> yeah. So I guess what you're saying is the mountains divide up. So this, so I suppose in the way what you've talked about isn't so much the division of the mountains as the, there's another sort of division isn't Meta it? in the level. mountains. Yeah. At, at between the different media. So that the, mm. I don't mean media as in you're on Google yeah. versus Facebook. Is it yeah. written? Is it um, visual? Is it um, the modality of the content. modality? If you like, yeah. All right. So that's one thing. But th- how does that? Do- yeah. I guess email marketing is writing, so that makes it simple. I'm just looking through and just thinking, organic social, Pinterest. I guess organic social is interesting because most of it is actually quite visual when you think about it. Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, yeah. Facebook. You, you generally combine words with visuals these days, don't you? I guess. Yeah. The whole topic of organic social is there's, there's a good dozen topics in there that we should dig into one at a time, I would suppose. But oh, yeah. I would just say one of the things that you'll want to ask yourself as a top level question is not organic, not what social sites are popular. That's the wrong question. The question is, which social sites send traffic? And that's a very different question because as an e-commerce seller, you don't care if it's popular as much as you care whether it's willing to send you traffic. And really, in a lot of ways, that's where Pinterest becomes, in, in most people's mind, they think of Pinterest, eh, not so much. It's not really my thing. But if I said to you, hey, man, Pinterest will send you literally truckloads of traffic to your website, your product, if you sort it out right, better than Instagram, better than TikTok, better than YouTube, better than Twitter, and, and if I start to say, how does this work? That's a very different conversation than just what's popular because what's popular is it's so fleeting and it changes. And right now, TikTok's all the rage. And before that, it was Snapchat. And before that, it was Instagram. And the younger the demographic is, the different changes over time. And then if your audience is all 60 folks and you want to be on Facebook. And so that's a different, popularity is different than traffic sending. And that's, I think, the main uh, you know, question I would ask people to stew on, think about. Yeah. Hmm. So I've seen, um, I've seen Ashley do some great work. It just, it's been quite early days, I think it's fair to say, but with Pinterest and his view of Pinterest is that he treats it more like Google. So from that point of view, um, I guess naturally I would put it in with organic social, but actually he's thinking of it more like organic search because he thinks that people treat, treat it that way. And actually you can do Pinterest SEO. That's quite similar to Google SEO, which well, he- is very interesting. He's saying that because that's what Pinterest says they are. Pinterest says they're not a social media site. Pinterest says they're a visual discovery engine. Mm. And they categorize themselves as being competitive with Google, not competitive with 
the social media platforms. And the, the, so that's a whole fascinating twist. And but yeah, I totally agree with Ashley that that perspective is right because in Pinterest, just as context, and we'll send monthly view, our monthly viewers on Pinterest is about 1.4 million monthly views on Pixie Fair. You can go check out what we do. So I, I wrote a book on this in 2011 and because it had just revolutionized our e-commerce effort. And even to this day, it outpaces all the other, it doesn't matter if you compare it to the other social medias or not, it outpaces almost everything else. It's on par with Google organic search for us. So coming and, uh, back to, yeah. to how you discovered that there, obviously yeah. that's an amazing result. And so obviously you're naturally in love with Pinterest and you've written that book about that, but you've written yeah. books about many channels and I've seen a number of channels. I've had little plays at it myself and I'm always successfully with e-commerce and with sure. amazing FBA and my clients in 10K Collective. But how does one come to that place. You got there. It's now obvious looking back down from the top of the mountain or very near the top 1.2 million is an amazing number, but how did you choose it? Yeah, it's a great question. I remember it very vividly. When we were in the early days of our business, we started on eBay in 2007, 2008, and then we started on our own website in like 2009. And I would, uh, 2009, 2010, 2011, I would look at our analytics a lot, Google Analytics for the back end of our website. And I was just looking Every day I'd look, what's happening? How many visitors did we get? Where are people coming from? How does this work? How do I make money? How do I make more money fast? And I remember the summer of 2011, I started seeing this thing, referral traffic from Pinterest.com. Hadn't heard of it. No idea. It was like literally in your mind, like the spruce, like, what is that? I don't have no idea. Back then, to me, Pinterest was, I've never heard of this. And so first month, and I, I was like, who cares? So it wasn't that much traffic. It was on the you know short list, maybe top 10 or whatever. But I just figured it was a blogger or something like that. Second month, it was like twice as much traffic. And this is like summertime, 2000, 2011, I believe. And, and then third, third month, it was like my second or third best traffic source. And I was, and so of course, at that point, I was like, what is this? So I go to it, checking it out. I was like, what is this? Research it, and of course, discovered what it was. And, and so how it had impacted us. How, how that happened was nothing to do with me. It was just that I had a website that had nice photography. And the Pinterest community of raving Pinterest users started to pin items off of our website. And it, they started to get socially repinned, repinned, repinned a million times. And that was the blessing or luck that we had was that we were early into photography on our website. And, and it just fueled Pinterest as people would find Pinterest, they'd find their topics, they'd look at their, you know, crew setting their boards up and they would find content and it would point back to our site. And we've lived off that now for whatever it is, 10 years, whatever, almost 10 years. And, and I'm not literally lift off. It has helped us tremendously. And, and then what I did in the, in the fall of 2011 was I created a battle plan for Pinterest. And, and that's what marketing on Pinterest.com was that blog was about. And I shared my public marketing strategies that I started to put together and uh, wrote the book. I started blogging and got a book deal from McGraw-Hill for that. And, uh, and that book is still completely relevant in terms of this overall strategy. But of course, it's very dated in terms of the stats and all the details related to Pinterest. But the battle plan of just general marketing still is still the same, still works. And yeah. So I guess what you're saying is you, uh, yeah, you got lucky. You noticed that you were getting lucky. And then you consciously went after what was working. So, to that. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that's, I, I guess one of the issues Amazon sellers have that is different is that you can't look at the analytics because oh, only Google analytics, it's mm -hmm. massive. 
Yeah. Amazon doesn't really show you where this is coming from, which is why your clients were agreeably surprised to, to mm -hmm. find things just worked. And maybe they thought it worked like that way. Everyone gets to $5 million within three years, you know, on yeah. Amazon. And some people do. I know a couple yeah. of people have, but not many. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and I guess that you were the guys that then dug into the reverse engineering that. But how did you reverse engineer that then? Did you... Because that is tricky. You know, for Amazon. yeah, I think it's a little bit, I know not to, not, I'm not a doctor, nor do I play one on the internet or in <laughs> podcasting, but it's a little bit by, like a conversation with discovery. Just like, how did this happen? And they, they would say, there's, we, we have the, these articles we have been ranked for. They just didn't understand. I just had a framework that I brought to the party that explained to them what was happening more than they understood themselves what was happening because they didn't understand the volumes of traffic. There's, if somebody says, well, I got mentioned by a blogger, I'm like, that's cool. Who's the blogger? Well, Elon Musk. These things are, there's orders of magnitude of difference between some blogs versus others. And so, and so that was the only reverse engineering. It was just, I'm familiar with these topics. I've lived this for 10 years. I've tried to keep my, my ear to the railroad tracks to understand what's happening. And, and many people, you, you just go do this yourself. You can go to comscore.com if you're not familiar with that site and see what the largest properties on the internet are. And you can see it doesn't say what the referrer, the largest referrers are. It doesn't have the referrer lens who's sending the most traffic, but it does tell you the biggest properties. And you'll see Pinterest is in that top 50 list from Comscore. The Spruce uh, or Dash is there, there uh, collectively and BuzzFeed and other sites like that are sending traffic type thing, Reddit, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I guess the main thing that out of this, it's some juicy stories, some exciting, your experience with Pinterest, your client's experience with getting ranked on blogs, in both cases by accident, by the sound of it. But I guess let's pitch it to two different audiences. Let's say, first yeah. of all, the Amazon seller who's emerging blinking into the sunlight, realizing that Amazon has provided them lots of organic traffic up till now, but it's making them pay a bigger and bigger percentage gradually, like a frog being boiled. It's it, You don't notice it, but if you look over the year, you'll go, oh, right, mm -hmm. my cost of advertising as a percentage of my revenue um, has gone from 7% yeah. to 12%. Next year, if it gets 12 to 15%, that maybe your profit margin is, is being squeezed. Mm -hmm. So for that person, then how do they, what's the starting point? Because this is a big area. You guys have stumbled into things more by luck in some ways, and then you accentuated yeah. that. It's yeah. hard for Amazon sellers to reverse engineer in the same way. So what's yeah. your advice to somebody in that situation? If you're a big focused, uh, if you're a platform seller on Amazon, let's just use this use case. I would ask yourself the question, can I create an off Amazon strategy that creates traffic that I can send onto Amazon? And in that case, maybe, and, and so the question is, are you brand on Amazon or not a brand? Are you random, a seller of random items? Or are you a seller of a collection that is cohesive? So topical, you have to solve all these problems and then choose a, a strategy that you think will deliver on that outcome. It could be as simple as setting up a social media account where, or a Facebook group, for example, that is, if it's relevant to a topic that you can frequently address, cohesively create a group around, then maybe that's an angle. Maybe it's just setting up a Twitter account. Maybe it's setting up an Instagram account. But you have to think through, how do I get off Amazon traffic onto it? And, and so that's for somebody who's focused on uh, Amos. Maybe it's just learning how to spend a little bit of money every month 50 bucks, 100 bucks on paid traffic strategies that you send to Amazon and you stack the traffic. And that's a phrase we like to, to talk to people about too, is traffic st stacking. And if you learn to do that, let, let's say you learn to set, set your own traffic uh, pattern and you learn to send traffic to your Amazon listings and, and stack it, then you change the game and you, you take a little bit of control 
not away from Amazon, but you add a layer of control. Yeah. You can then, of course, redirect anytime you wanted to. And the main thing about traffic is, of course, he who controls it controls the destiny of many things in your business. Just, if you can control your own traffic, you control your destiny in terms of how you make money. So that's for a marketplace seller. For somebody who has their own Shopify site, that's really struggling with traffic, I would have a sequence and, and happy to share that one too. Okay, let's just quickly have that one. And then I guess we've yeah. got to wrap this one up because the, sure. <laughs> this is a huge landscape of mountains. <laughs> yeah. so we're going to dig, we're going to dig into each mountain. That's terrible metaphor extension. Yeah. We're going to go, well, gold mine, gonna go deep on each mountain. That doesn't work either. <laughs> but yeah, we'll go high on each mountain. Climb, that sounds really bad. Mountain. We'll climb each mountain. But for, yeah, for the Shopify seller, just to wrap that up, then choosing yeah. an off, uh, a traffic strategy. Email marketing, number one, for sure. If you've got your own site, it doesn't matter if it's Shopify or not, but it could be anything. If you've got your own site, you want to set up an email list and learn email marketing. And uh, it's the original and best internet marketing and uh, continues to work. Don't let anybody say to you that it doesn't. Everybody was uh, like <laughs> a year, two, three years ago, people were all glomming onto many chat type message, broadcast messages and saying that email marketing was dead. And then, oops, Facebook changed things <laughs> and not so much anymore. So email marketing is alive and well. And that would be the number one thing I would, uh, I would encourage people to sort out and, uh, and go from there. We've talked about the other mountains a bit, but that's the priority I would put on it for somebody who has their own web property. Yeah. Amazing. That's a very specific advice. Thank you. Look, we better wrap this one up because we've got nine mountains ahead of us. Woo. We don't want to get, you know, stuck up it's one. a lot of climbing, man. Yeah. Yeah. Climbing. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's leave that hanging there. I'm definitely yeah. going to ask you more about what uh, traffic stacking is, but I think we've given people enough to think about. Keep on leading. We're going to have some yes. kind of cool outro, but for now, it's, it's been a pleasure as always, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the 10K Collective podcast for six and seven figure Amazon sellers. I really hope you found the show helpful to you. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a quick star rating. It will take you all of 30 seconds to do it, but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening.